Welcome to Entrench, a 21 Pilots podcast. Hello, local dreamers. Welcome to Entrench. My name is Anna, and this is episode 20, Anathema. Make sure you listen to the song beforehand and are ready for an in-depth analysis of track 9 off regional at best. So, anathema. What does it mean? Well, I think the very apparently clear definition that we are to be using in this sense for Tyler's usage is from Merriam-Webster, a classic, and that is something or someone intensely disliked. Spoiler. It's Satan. But is it actually a spoiler? Not really. So let's delve into this great song that is just smacking Satan upside the head. We love to see it. So in the intro, we have the kick drum and the keyboard slash synth going on. Pretty standard, pretty classic to this time period with their self-production and you know we got that nice rookie feel to the music that we love so much and that really ties this whole album together i think this album is more powerful because of its imperfections and because you can tell it's so very so very self-produced there's a lot of beauty in its maybe technical messiness of the recordings themselves and I feel like the beginning sets up this tone for a lethargic, hazy scene. I picture myself drifting asleep while I'm being driven on the highway or something. Just really struggling to keep my eyes open and we're we're sleeping. Also, this is very random, but the lyric page that I'm looking at has a Shein ad on it and it has the shirt that I just bought. So... I feel stalked. I'm obsessed with Shein. Anyway, clearly my secret agents know that. So government agents, secret agents, I don't know. Anyway, back to our our hazy, sleepy scene. I feel like the kick drum beat could also even just start us on this this pace that our, our heartbeat's going a little, a little quick here. I don't know. It kind of, I guess that kind of contradicts dicks the sleepiness but i think the idea of something being what's the word building up to the beginning of the actual lyrics it makes sense that it would kind of be more of a a hasty nerve-wracking tempo to such such words that are going to happen so that's you know that's just my my feel my interpretation there we go so into verse one there are multiple statements being said and each one is followed with so won't you say goodnight so i can say goodbye and the four statements are you will never know what's behind my skull you will never know what's under my hair you will never know what's under my skin you will never know what is in my veins the first thing i notice about all of these statements are is, let's be grammatically correct here, is the fact that they are all flesh-related. So, speaker, who I would say, as as many of these songs are, is just, it's just Tyler. It's just a first-person narrative. And he's speaking directly to Satan, which is so powerful. 
so impactful and so courageous. It gives me a lot of strength and and courage to do the same thing. And I don't remember when I first did this, but but I remember it, it really was impactful for me personally anyway when I you know after after being in my faith for some time and and genuinely accepting Christ and and wanting to live for him there's also just the acceptance that Satan is real and part of that is being able to to call him on his bs when you when you see it lingering and tempting and I don't know if you've ever either internally or externally vocalize anything as a believer towards Satan, but um, it's actually very liberating, and I would highly recommend. I've done this both internally and externally. (laughs) Um, Usually in times of immense frustration and anger, kind of like this song, and it really is a game changer because we're not just here. We are in between, you know? And I think 21 Pilots has always done a really good job of acknowledging that. We're in this tense in-between. That's just what life is. And it's super painful because it's it's very straining to be in this in-between. Spiritually, mentally, emotionally, physically. And this song is really a product of that. And that's why I love it so much. So clearly, not only is this spiritual warfare happening, but just in the imagery, skull, hair, skin, veins, it really is like that classic flesh versus spirit idea of Satan's pull versus God's calling. But I also love the, the statements being made to Satan, um, you will never know, in just this repetition, whether it's behind my skull, under my hair, under my skin, in my veins, you will never know. And... I think that's so cool, not just because of the flesh versus spirit imagery, but also just that idea that we have spirit living inside us when we accept Christ, right? And because of that, the spirit is within us. It is behind our skull. It is under our hair and our skin and in our veins. And that really can't be said of Satan. Yes, he can He can work and he can tempt, but I don't think he can really be inside he can obviously influence he can tempt but there really are places that the spirit can go that satan necessarily can't necessarily and so that's a really powerful thing to just stop and, and address as well not only that but but we have the ability to accept christ we have the ability to pledge our allegiance to god rather than a country, rather than a people group, rather than an ethnicity or a nationality, we first and foremost pledge our allegiance to God. And whether he likes it or not, like Satan cannot stop that from happening. He can't get inside us and and allow us to not be able to accept that or pledge that allegiance. Satan has limitations and, and God does not. And it's so important to remember that and to call that out. Satan does have limitations, even if he is powerful. He's not all-powerful. He's certainly not anywhere close to God. And, and luckily, because of that, he does have limitations. I also love that it ends with the idea that Satan can't know what's in our veins. When I think of veins, I think of blood, of course, and 
the biggest thing that blood reminds us as believers is Jesus. You know, through communion, we have the ability to draw near to Christ's body and blood and resurrection again and take part in what he did and remind ourselves of of where we have been brought now through him. And, and the beauty of communion and the beauty of the blood of Christ is that it has done something, it has overwritten what Satan has and, and ever can do. And in that way, he is apart from the communion. He cannot, he cannot enter the communion that we experience with Christ. He cannot be a part of that. He cannot break that communion either. And, you know, these are all things that we know, but are these really things that we know? And, and as Tyler calls each of these things out, it is such a beautiful reminder that these, these are things that we can proclaim and that we can speak into the darkness, both literally and metaphorically, of course. And, and because of this, he's saying, won't you, Satan, say goodnight so I can say goodbye? To say goodnight is to welcome sleep, and sleep to me is a lack of consciousness. And I feel like we see spiritual warfare tension of this lack of consciousness within this song as well. On the one hand, it's liberating to have this lack of consciousness, and having sleep overcome us to be in the unconscious can be very liberating because we we have this time to not be in control. We have this time not to actively be in this tension against Satan because we are unconscious. But in that in that same way, there's also the downsides being unconscious. As we know, when it comes to dreams and things of the unconscious, we also can't control that. And more often, more times than not, our unconscious can actually be, be overtaken by evil. It can take a lot of forms of things that, that we don't necessarily want it to, um, and things that can even draw us near to darkness, um, to sin, to evil. And so the idea of saying goodnight and, and crossing over into unconsciousness is definitely a double-edged sword here. But I think in this sense, it, it's kind of more so leaning on the positive, you know, saying goodnight, being free of you by saying goodbye and just having this time away from you, even if it's for a little while. It's, yeah, it's, it's draining to be in the, in the constant warfare that we endure, but it's worth it. And so going into the chorus, I guess you could say we're now in the state of unconsciousness, speaking from there. He says, won't you go to someone else's dreams won't you go to someone else's head? Haven't you taken enough from me? Won't you torture someone else's sleep? So again, we quickly see the negative effects of the unconscious and the sleep as, again, is so often sleep is negative connotation in the realm of 21 Pilots. And in that way, we see this lack of control. Again, I would say specific examples. I mean, if you're anything like me, you've probably had a stress dream, um, something that's super realistic, except that there's something super stressful put in, like me on the first day of classes, not finding my class room, and just never making it to class, or me going to work and, and forgetting some vital thing that I need to get my work done. 
fill in the blank, whatever your stress dream is, I'm sure you can come up with at least one good example of that. And unfortunately, I'm sure we have also had some sort of lustful dream, um, some sort of sexual dream. Might be a little more awkward to talk about, but I think it's pretty inevitable that we have. Um, I think we've probably all had a nightmare, pure fear and terror. Um, so that's obviously not not great. We don't love that. You know, you wake up. You ever have those ones where you wake up and you're literally so scared you cannot move at all? You're like paralyzed by fear. You know, you can't help but think, you know, I, I feel like Satan orchestrated that. That was could not have come out of myself (laughs) you know you just that just felt too dark and and out of my brain to be for me you know pretty creeped out and in that way there there kind of is that that blurred line of like where can satan go versus where can't he go because i feel like he can definitely go in our dreams and then you know also death i distinctly remember when i was probably like 11 I had this dream where some for some reason you know how dreams are for some reason I'm just like floating on a raft with my brother through lava and he slipped off and died and I literally woke up crying it was it was so traumatizing and sad that I I literally began physically weeping and woke myself up so maybe maybe you've had a weeping dream as well. Regardless, I have had all of the above and I am a firm believer that there's there's a lot of darkness in this unconscious place and it's not pretty at all. Kind of is like makes it even all the more miraculous when you actually have a good dream. It seems like there's like 10 times the probability of some sort of bad or sinful dream than there is of a genuinely good or pure dream what what does that say about our human our human tendencies you know what does that say about our sin life yikes but point is the pole is is always there and we are not exempt from satan's influence just because we are not literally conscious and, and nightmares also really emphasize that, that our, our brains do have the capability to produce evil. Like, we are definitely not just good, godly beings. We, we are also sinful, broken, evil beings. There's this, there's this line that, that one of my favorite, my other favorite bands, Switchfoot, sings, and it's, we were born into the fight. And that is just the complete accuracy of our being as a sinful, now-saved saint. <laughs> who was who was a wretch but is not anymore but is still stuck in the in-between and sometimes again as i've already detailed we can see that sometimes the unconscious does breed or make the perfect recipe for disaster in our brains in our our temptations a lot of times it just feeds our our temptations and our the draw and allure of sin and and it's exhausting you know won't you torture someone else's sleep because there's no there's no limit of okay satan you you get to leave now you get to go give me a break like we're not we're not guaranteed that in this in between that is our birth to our death you know we unfortunately are are going to always be stuck in this tension until death do us part and thank goodness when it will but until then yeah it's it's hard 
can we just say it's hard not to get beaten down by the attention? Haven't we all considered how much easier it would be to just give in and stop trying? Not in the sense of suicide, but just in the sense of spiritual exhaustion, you know? Just that immense exhaustion. Not necessarily doubt, but just, wouldn't it be? <laughs> the, I'm just full of quotes right now, you know, Mike Wazowski. Wouldn't it be easier if it all just blew away? I, I feel that. I bet you felt that at some point as well. So verse two, we are right back into the same beat that we started out with. And this time we see the conscious and unconscious are starting to blend together as he's making statements to Satan in the, in the conscious. And then the, as it's a call and response, the responses are all uh, repetition of the chorus before, right? Yes, that was the chorus, which is just the exhaustion of, of the constant tension and the unconscious. And so this time... His statements are, and you will never know what I'm thinking of, so won't you say goodnight so I can say goodbye, and you will never understand what I believe, so won't you say goodnight so I can say goodbye. He does, Satan cannot know what we are thinking of, what we are in the conscious, and in that way, when we are thinking, we are staying awake, and we see that theme through, what is it, car radio? stay awake is for us to think and for us to think is to be alive yeah i believe that's car radio we see that theme crop up again later on but in that way like the truth of scripture remains and retains our mind and that the truth of of scripture is not something that that satan can touch or twist try as he might the word of God is, is living and active and it's sharper than a two-edged sword and not even Satan can change it from what it is. And any attempt at such will be brought to justice. He'll never understand what we believe. He'll never, you know, he, he literally is a fallen angel. He cannot understand what we have professed and proclaimed and, and committed to because he's simply just not of that place. He can't understand God's God's strength. He can't understand God's true sovereignty because he does not possess those same eternal qualities. Satan does not have the same power as God has. And and so once these these statements are proclaimed against Satan, the music changes a bit and it, it's kind of more like airy and floaty and light and it it's almost like there's there's this reprieve now that all of these statements of truth have been thrown at him there's there's this this weight lifted of oh my gosh maybe maybe we're in the clear maybe maybe we've warded him off for quite a while maybe we're good and as the bridge comes in the music comes back full force we are far from out of this tension in this battle and the lyrics come back with the same pleas of exhaustion and this time like there is full tension against the truth and there is like it it just sonically it's just like satan is coming back full force and he's even like muffling what tyler is saying the plea is is being stifled by the music that is overcrowding it and in that way it's like vengeance 
or having spoken something that is clearly very true because he's pissed off, (laughs) but something that just absolutely makes Satan's blood boil and he is not going down without an even larger fight because of that. And as he's just pressing in and pressing in, the best part to me is the end of the song, this, this absolute punch of verse three as we head out in style in style it's you know he he starts yelling in the background like he's he's not gonna let this the stifling of his voice be the end he's screaming out and i love how before he starts this entire empowered rap just filled with the power of spirit um he says this this quiet little okay like i'm not letting this be the end i have more punch in me here we go i'm gearing up i'm ready i'm not going down without a fight back at you satan and i will just read the entire thing and then we'll talk it all through he says i start to part two halves of my heart in the dark and i don't know where i should go and the tears and the fears begin to multiply taking time in a simple place in my bed where my head rests on a pillowcase. And it's said that a war is led, but I forget that I let another day go by. Ah, I want to be afraid, but it seems that these days I'm caught underwater and I'm falling farther. My heart's getting harder. I'm calling my father. Am I screaming to an empty sky? Empty sky, no way that's me, because one half of my heart is free empty sky no way that's me because the other half of my heart's asleep and it abruptly ends right after that like that one last punch there we go bring it home (laughs) so now he's just directly addressing everything directly addressing the two halves of our heart in the dark on his bed distinguishing okay i accept that that i have these two parts of my heart one of them is is sinner, one of them is saint. They coexist, they simultaneously exist, and I don't know where I should go. I'm just, I'm tense. I'm all like knotted up in, in stress and frustration. The tears and the fears begin to multiply, just absolute exhaustion and irritation. Since pull is so easy in this case, like why don't I just cave to it? But no, like I have this conviction from sin and knowing that judgment will become and I will be judged according to my sins. That is a reality and and just wishing I could just fully fall to the easy path that is sin because this is exhausting to be in this tension, but knowing that I, I can't and that it's not life-giving too, even though it's easy. It's just not because Jesus is the life and he is the light of men it would be absolute foolishness to fall completely away even though yes it is easy we know we have the spirit and the conscious conscience and and know that it's not fulfilling and it's it's not i mean it's it's instantly gratifying and and we love our instant gratification in this day and age but but we have the 
the strength and the truth of knowing that it's not eternally fulfilling and eternal fulfillment is much more rewarding than temporary earthly fulfillment. So we're stuck in the midst of this, in this, this place of inaction or this place of, of quote-unquote rest as, as what a bed symbolizes. But even though it's supposed to be this place of supposed rest, it's, it's clearly not. It's this place of spiritual unrest. And I don't know about you, but I, I find it so much easier to be in this tension in the darkness. I feel like we've talked about this before, but darkness just breeds all kind of evil and, and sin. And um, more often than not, it more harmful than light. And our beds are just this breeding ground for conflict, whether it is right before bed, we're, we're in that really awkward semi-conscious state and we're falling a bit more to sin. And then in the complete unconscious state, there's just, there's so much to be said for where our minds start the day where they end the day like the bed is a very significant and symbolic place for those reasons and yet even in this simple supposedly simple place even in this supposedly restful place we have this knowledge that a war is led and at the same time that can easily be forgotten about because of apathy and forgetfulness And he does say, I forget, that I let another day go by. And haven't we all been there where we just become so consumed by whatever the the sin is that we we forget the toxicity of, of Satan's daily poison. We forget the frequency of his poison. And we forget the, oftentimes we'll forget the ways that he twists truth to make it just enough of an untruth that it's unsettling and and because of that you know we have to constantly strive to not forget like this life is just one big attempt at staying awake Tony Pilot says it's like reorienting ourselves reorienting ourselves to the fact that we forget how much of attention we're in all the time reorienting ourselves because we forget how enslaved we are to sin most of the time because it is so second nature to us t- to be in sin. And, you know, there's, there's this frustration and this grief that he says when he goes into, I want to be afraid, you know, I want to revere and be in awe of God and be actively awake in this way, but it seems these days I'm caught underwater and I'm falling farther, my heart's getting harder. We're so in tune with our flesh and we're so easily focused upon the temporary and the earthly that spiritual warfare can be really taxing at times and overwhelming and we can so easily drown in lies that it just seems easier to give up and and to to succumb to everything and because of that our hearts get harder um if we're you know say me for the past year and and for you whatever extensively hard and long season you can bring to mind like moments like that are really like satan's breeding ground for victory because it's it's not only are we falling prey to sin in one situation or one day but it's over a very long extended period of time we are being dragged down very consistently by sin 
and those incredibly long hard seasons are the times when we can really harden our hearts most and really doubt God's goodness. Am I screaming to an empty sky um, when we are just beaten down by daily, weekly, monthly, yearly pain that sometimes doesn't seem to cease. It feels like we're losing. It feels like our our pursuit for godly glory is for what? For this amount of pain? Is that really worth it? Like, God, are you really caring for me? Are you really showing up for me? Are you really defending me against the evil? Because it doesn't feel like it. And I love that he is just putting all of this into words and and putting this frustration through immense mental exhaustion over an immensely long period of time because I have been right there. Yeah, but in that same breath, he is admitting all of this, but he's turning it into something that God is then weaving as a whole body of work into good. And again, it just goes to show you like there is beauty and there is faithfulness and there is hope in God through uttering frustrations, through uttering the truth of our human struggle, through yelling at Satan. There is purpose in doing these things. There is purpose in addressing these things because look look what it's done for us. You know, we get to listen to a song like this and remember to stay awake. We remember that we are in this fight. We remember it's not just some metaphor or some abstract idea, but it's something that's affecting us daily, regularly, sometimes a lot of times, without us being fully present in that reality. And it makes sense that he also ends the song in the same way addressing the two halves of the heart and I love this because the twist in these two lines has everything to do with the grammar it has everything to do with the punctuation okay he says empty sky no way that's me because one half of my heart is free like addressing the godly part of ourselves so empty sky stating that out loud and then being like no way that's me because one half of my heart is free. It's for God. Like, no way that statement is coming from me. That is coming from evil. And then on the flip side of that coin, the same statement, empty sky. And then that realization, like, gasp. Like, no way. That's me. Because the other half of my heart's asleep. Realizing that statement actually does also come from us. Because we are still sinful and children of wrath and realizing we we cannot mean something and and mean something at the same time because of this weird simultaneous tension of our identity that is so hard to even wrap our brains around that we can simultaneously be a sinner and a saint mind-blowing but very accurate and this song gives me a lot of strength I really love and appreciate this song. It's definitely something that I've needed, and I love the fact that it came after Kitchen Sink. Is it directly after Kitchen Sink, or is it for the sake of this podcast after Kitchen Sink? Let me check. Yeah, this song is directly after Kitchen Sink, and I love that because Kitchen Sink is like just really festering in that grief and solitude, and anathema is like, 
no, we're going to start throwing punches directly at Satan now. We're not giving up. We're not succumbing to this. This is crap. <laughs> I, I love this. Um, it's like, we're not, we're not going to just take this. We're not. Because we have spirit living within us. We have the power of God on our side. We have the ability to fight back. We have everything we need. This song just, it gives me a lot of strength. It gives me a lot of hope. Um, and even in my dire, really long, hard, exhausting seasons, um, just having something to really put words to that and, and to also combat that at the same time is really powerful. I hope this song is, is an encouragement to you as well. And is definitely a great prayer and reminder to keep being as conscious and active in your faith as you can be because it's so easy to fall asleep and all the more reason why we need active Christian community to nudge each other as we start to fall asleep and and hopefully even this podcast in and of itself is doing that as well and I would love to hear your feedback and to just hear the ways that, that you resonate with this message as well because we are in this fight to stay conscious together and that is the beauty of this in-between. We are not alone in it, even though it feels lonely. We cannot base everything purely on emotion, but thank goodness for that. And we can't base anything purely on human feeling. That's really liberating. I'm glad we're not basing everything off my reasoning because, yeah, that would be, that would be real sad. I am grateful that I have the Lord of the Heavens looking out for me and looking out for me long-term and not just today. With that being said, I want to hear from you. You can email entrenchpodcast at gmail.com with a written account of your 21 Pilots story or your favorite memories you have related to the band. You can also reach out with an episode request if you want to analyze a song, video, or album with me. Many songs are still available, including Scaled and Icy. And if you would like to contribute to the analysis we've already covered, you can join the podcast Facebook group by searching Entrench Podcast Group. You can find Entrench on Podbean, Verbal, Spotify, Apple Music, and Amazon Music. On Instagram, you can find me at Entrench underscore pod. I look forward to hearing from all of you. Tune in next time for a great track. Lovely. Thank you so much for listening, friends. Stay alive and remember, entrench, you're not alone. My upside down A is for Satan. <laughs> I wrote Satan with upside down A's and I feel like I cursed this podcast, so I'm sorry.